I mean, I've had a drunken one-night stander five. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So, let's have it. A reminder that if you are interested in coaching, you can reach out to me, not your therapist podcast at gmail.com, whether you want to work privately together or be on the podcast anonymously or not. Um, also, you can send us your questions, listener questions, and not your therapist podcast on Instagram and not your therapist podcast at gmail.com. I love to get your questions and I promise I will answer them. Okay, so listener question for this week is. If a guy cuts connection after three months, should I let go even if I want that final meeting slash goodbye? I think you have to ask yourself what you're hoping from a final meeting slash goodbye. Generally, when we dig a little deeper and we're like, I just, I just want closure. I just want him to know how I feel. It's like another person can't really give you closure. And the way that she phrases this, if a guy cuts connection, doesn't sound like he did it in like the most thoughtful, respectful, I want to talk to you again kind of way. So that's, you're just going to cut your losses if you decide to just take his no as a no and move on with your life. You can take the time to mourn and grieve. I always say, you know, just because a relationship didn't get to boyfriend-girlfriend status doesn't mean it wasn't a real relationship and doesn't mean you don't get to mourn it. If it ends, it's still a breakup. You still get to mourn it. You get to take plenty of time. Don't take forever, but you get to take some time to feel bad for yourself and cope and eat ice cream. But in general, I think our instinct is to reach back out, get that closure, have one last conversation, and there's nothing that person is going to say that's really going to make us feel better. I think it's pretty futile. We're looking for a reason. We're human beings. We want an answer. It's not going to make you feel better. If he tells you the truth, it's probably going to be like, I just wasn't feeling it. There was something missing. There wasn't chemistry. Whatever it is, it's not going to make you feel better. And You have to kind of take closure for yourself rather than leave it in the hands of someone else to give to you. When something ends, you have to say, I'm going to do what I need to do to move on. I'm going to look at what lessons I can gain from this. You can do some journaling about your feelings. That's a great thing to do too. I've talked about this is write an email as if you were going to send it to them, as if you were able to have that conversation with them where you just got to say everything that was on your mind. Same thing kind of goes when someone does something early on in the dating process that you don't love. There's a big instinct to tell them off and teach them a lesson and tell them how you feel. And if you're doing it because getting that out is really going to make you feel better, then by all means go for it. But chances are you're doing it in the hopes of getting a response from them or in the hopes that they're really going to learn something, which unfortunately most people are usually like, this girl's crazy or like, yeah, whatever. They're just mad. I don't like them. They, they can't really hear feedback when it's coming from a negative or rejected place. So once in a while, I'm sure someone is like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that what I did was so hurtful. And you, if you think that's the case, then go ahead and let them know exactly how they could have treated you better and what they should do differently in the future with someone else. But that's pretty much all you're going to get out of it is like maybe the hope that because of you, someone in the future will benefit. And I totally respect that. I believe in dating karma. I think if you're doing something right for the other person, but in this case, 
I mean, if you're doing something right for the future person, you're, it'll come back to you in positive ways. But in this case, it sounds like the guy just cut it off. He wasn't interested. I don't know if he did something worse than that that you need to talk about with him or talk about with a therapist and process and decompress. In fact, I'd always recommend talking to a therapist over the person who actually did it to you. But my guess is your feelings are hurt. You're sad. You miss him. You're looking for a reason to talk to him again. It's that whole thing, too, of when we go into withdrawal from a drug, we want the drug, even though the drug is what's making us feel so bad. So you're like, maybe if I can just talk to him one more time. Or some part of you thinks you can change his mind somehow. And you can't. Someone doesn't cut it off like that if if there's doubt in their mind. If there is, he'll come back to you in a few months. But definitely not from you being like, wait, I just need to say one more thing. So write him a letter, write him an email, go out with your friends, go to the gym, eat ice cream, do whatever makes you feel better. Ask yourself, you know, what kind of an outlet do I need for these feelings? And then give it to yourself, but don't leave it up to someone else to give it to you. Hello, welcome. It is my favorite time of the month. Aside from when I get my period and have every <laughs> excuse to eat all the chocolate I want, I am here with single and wellness expert. That's not what we're calling you. We're calling you single wellness expert. In the field? In the field. That's too long. <laughs> I was calling her my single out in the field. She's also a wellness expert. She's also single. It's Alex Jossman again. Hi, thanks for having me. And just because we didn't say this before, but we think it's a great idea, Alex is going to be on the first episode of every month. So you will always have some new knowledge dropped on you, the first episode of the month for the rest of the month. So you can start each month with new knowledge. Amazing. Maybe it'll be the new moon too. Who knows? Who knows? She's into that. Um, (laughs) We're in a Mercury in retrograde right now, right? And I mean, I mean, my ceiling. We were supposed to record yesterday, and my ceiling rained. Was raining in my apartment, (laughs) and we may need to be displaced for a while to deal with it. But somehow we made it through to get here and record in spite of Mercury Retrograde. You're welcome, audience. Thank you. Grateful. Your place looks great. Thank you. We got it cleaned. We're recovering. It's fine. But like, wow, that was dramatic and traumatic for me. Okay, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't really traumatic. It was more just like irritating. Very irritating. It was a shitstorm. It was a shitstorm in my kitchen. (laughs) Anyways, enough about that. We're here to educate, celebrate, initiate, masturbate. Yeah, all Maybe not right things, now, but, but we're going to talk soon. about it. Okay, so first order of business, we'll get to Alex's love life because she's my single out in the field still. But we thought we would start with our assignment for ourselves from last time we saw each other, which was for us both to read the revolutionary book by Emily Nagoski, PhD, Come As You Are. Yes. <laughs> or come as you are. Oh. No. <laughs> that doesn't make any come sense. Come as you are. Yes. Or just come? No. Yep. Um, um, it's a great book. We read it. Alex had read it a while ago and I read it for the first time. We were talking about how it's actually really hard to slog through a non-narrative, non-fiction book. Even though it was like, this is fascinating subject matter, I had a really hard time getting through it. I was just like... First of all, it's a lot to process. It's a lot of science that I feel like 
almost no one's familiar with. So I feel like you have to wrap your brain around. You're like, oh, this is probably what we should have learned in sex ed, but definitely didn't. Totally. And so it's like reading a very engaging textbook, I would say. Yeah, it was it was very educational. When I could actually force myself to sit down and focus, I would get through a lot of it. But I think also because it's so much new information that is so different from what we've learned, I needed more time. I should have given myself more time to process it. Of course, being a procrastinator, it was like the week before I knew we were going to meet that I was like, I have to get this done in a week. Which if I had known how kind of like densely informative it is, I probably would have given myself more time to kind of like take a little chunk at a time instead of trying to shove it all down. I mean, same. I was like, I've already read this. I can just kind of skim through over a couple hours. And I was like, oh, no. no. But what's good about reading it or rereading it is that I got a lot more this time that I had forgotten about. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. you're not get it, hearing it other places. Right. And I feel like if I were to read this again, like this is definitely a book I would revisit a lot just because I don't even think I could absorb everything. And at the end, she even says, like, if you absorbed, like, one of these 10 things, you did great, and I'm glad that this helped you. So that made me feel better about maybe not absorbing everything. Right. You're not a sociologist. Like, it's okay. Not yet. But I do, not yet, <laughs> but I do recommend the book. But also what's good is if you're listening to the podcast, you're getting, like, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, we're going to give you the Cliff Notes, which I also appreciate at the end of every chapter, she gives you the TLDR. I know, she's so hip. Which is cute. <laughs> I wouldn't say that you would do okay just by reading that. No, I did that for a couple of chapters and I was like, if I hadn't read this, I would have no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. But okay. it's a good recap. Do you want to state the basic premise of the book as you understand it? Yes. So she, Emily teaches at Smith. Yes. And she teaches women's sexuality at Smith and has a PhD in health behavior and human sexuality. 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 <laughs> Whatever. Also, she worked at the Kinsey Institute, which yeah, is she's world done, famous. Like, everything. She's worked she's at every like sex the place. sex woman. She's the sex woman. She looks so friendly on the back. She looks so nice. And I was normal. afraid she was going to be like too hip looking. Oh, not an intimidating. Oh, with the TLDR. Yeah. Well, just in general, I'm always like, I want you to be normal, and she looks normal. She I looks like super that. normal. Mm-hmm. I also think she and her sister wrote a book about burnout that I want to read. Oh, interesting. A new. I like that. A brand new book. She did. I will say, too, even though this book is technically about women's sexuality, I found so much of it to be the same as like, I'm taking a psychology course right now, and it was a lot the same about cognitive behavioral therapy and like, um, you know, just just other elements of psychology. Like, yes, it was about sex, but it all could be applied to other areas. And to that, I would also say... Men are probably like, I don't need to read that book. It's for ladies. (laughs) And I would say, first of all, you would do very well by your current or future female partner by reading this book. If you have female partners, it's a must read. Yeah. And two, it will actually help you kind of illuminate, I think, your own sex life and your own psychology about your body. Totally. And she talks about men, too, and kind of the difference in... How we embrace our sexuality and grow up. Mm -hmm. So premise, go ahead. So basically, she teaches, I think, a very popular course at Smith about sexuality every year. And I think what she realized is that she teaches these tenets, but also she just wants people to know that they're normal. Like everyone kind of wants to know. She talks about different vagina shapes. So um, throw back to our Gwyneth conversation, Mm -hmm. our goop Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. But also she talks about how like everyone, there's just so much shame, right? So it's people who have high sex drives who think they're too high because societally they 
aren't used to like women having higher than their male partner, women with low sex drives who don't understand how that happens, and then they kind of are piling on shame for that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the other main issues she's dealing with. I mean, she's kind of trying to cover every everything Insecurity. that hurts someone's sex yeah. life, right? Mm-hmm. Like body image. She talks a lot about the origin of kind of shame with female sexuality. That I was interesting that the word in old English was pudenda, which means like your shame. Mm-hmm. And it was considered. They assumed back then that women's sexuality should be a shameful thing, supposedly because um, vaginas or vulvas, as we've learned, is the correct terminology, (laughs) are hidden in a sense, whereas men's hang off the body, women's are tucked in. So it was like, oh, well, then it must be shameful. And she also talks a lot about kind of our societal metaphorization of everything having to do with sexuality. So like we've turned the hymen into this thing representing purity. It actually doesn't mean that at all and has nothing to do with whether you're virgin or not. And just, you know, the fact that like men have a penis, so women must want a penis. Like, no, we actually have a version of a penis that just goes in instead of out. Yes. And she talks a lot about how we all have the same parts arranged in different ways. And she even goes through how genetically one becomes a when we're speaking like about, you know, stereotypical sexes, a man or a woman and what happens to their parts, but how we literally are mirror images of each other, which, which I thought was great. Fascinating. And it's all evolution, right? Mm-hmm. None of it. And then the patriarchy just created this framework to bring us down. Yeah. Feel shame patriarchy. about our sex lives. This is why I never feel bad about saying men have to pay. They've done too much damage. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to be paying for it the rest of for your ever. life. Yes. We should not be ashamed of our bodies. I do remember this one time having a conversation with a friend of mine who like, I forget how this came up. It was a while ago, but she was like, yeah, like for a while the sex wasn't that great with my boyfriend. And then something changed where I just decided to think of it rather than like he was fucking me that I was fucking him. Oh, And she's like, and it just shifted the power dynamic and made me feel like so powerful. And that's the first time I started like, coming with him and stuff because she was thinking of it in different terms and I thought that was really interesting and then reading about this it's like the clitoris is the penis kind of right and so it's like if you think of you need to put the same attention on it that men put on their penis and there's no shame about a man like doing what he needs to do to his penis to get it to do what he wants it to do we can think of ourselves the same way for sure and I feel like I mean I guess that Men deal with a little bit of shame, I guess, if they're having like erectile dysfunction issues or they feel like their penis is an unusual size. So for the most part, there isn't that much, I don't think. So like you just don't hear a guy who's like, oh, I feel like felt too fat to have sex. Right. I mean, I think that does happen. I'm not going to say it doesn't. I think more and more with social media, everyone is feeling the pressure to look a certain way and be a certain way and feel a certain way. And I even think there's an element of like, With the whole orgasm thing, it's very interesting to me, the female orgasm, because at the same time that this book is telling women, like, you don't have to feel pressure about it, men also feel pressure about it. For sure. Yes. More than they used to. It used to be like, yeah, maybe that'll happen. And now I think a lot of men are like, I understand that that's my job and I'm supposed to do that, but I don't know how or I'm not good at it or whatever. And then it's like, what do you do when the woman's like... Well, I just don't orgasm that way. And so I'm fine with like using a toy or whatever. Which will 
soon come up in our Love is Blind conversation. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> so I hope everyone watched Love is Blind. We really hope everyone watched <laughs> Love is Blind. Um, okay, so what are your like main kind of reactions to it or points you wanted to bring up about it? So one of my big takeaways was, what does she call it? Um... She talks about how women have kind of an accelerator and a break, mm-hmm. which has to do with their sex drive, um, which I don't believe men really have that. Like, it seems like they can definitely have they breaks. Can. I think they do. They, they do have okay. it. She said men tend to have a more sensitive accelerator and women tend to have a more sensitive break. Right. So basically, an accelerator is something that makes them want to have sex. Mm-hmm. So it's... So it's more easy for men to kind of want uh, and uh, again like she's speaking she says like not all men not all women like yes. everything is normal everything is fine the tendency is uh men male identifying people have just it's more easy for them to get quickly interested in sex and women just have more of a um something that can more easily stop them more sensitive break so anything could stop you like in your environment right and I think it's a lot of things that you don't think of that would stop you Mm -hmm. like one is kind of just stress in your life makes you not interested not feeling good physically emotionally mentally but also she god she did something really good that was like the list of what's most important to women and it was basically being with a partner that they like trusted, having affection. And I think it was explicitly sexual situations are better for women. Like they watched oh, something absolutely. erotic or read something erotic or saw something erotic, you know, or it's like yes. a romantic erotic setting, whereas men don't like need that as much. Now, I say all of this having read it and being like, oh, I'm a guy. Like I don't think that I have a sensitive break at all I think I could have sex anywhere anytime it is nice but it also is another challenge to deal with right there are pros and cons and I think what she's good at is throwing a lot of examples of couples that are mismatched and how they deal with it Mm because I think it's probably kind of rare for you to be matched in those ways yeah very rare um and I was thinking when I was reading this just about friends I've had in couples who've broken up and I'm like part of the issue was this totally like one of my good friends who I think had a very high accelerator is what she calls it the things that kind of how easily you get turned on and very low breaks which are the things that kind of turn you off um I think her partner was the opposite and it was really hard for her and I think she felt really rejected by it and ended up having an affair and they broke up yeah I mean um, that's been me in a lot of my relationships yeah. and I think knowing that it doesn't have to be that way. Like you're not necessarily going to find someone who's perfectly matched with you in terms of how they work. And the important thing is, can you work it out together to kind of what do you need? What do I need? What works for you? What doesn't? I think this book is pretty good about that. Although I still found it kind of like this mysterious thing. Like I kind of wanted a little bit more of like an answer sometimes. And it was more like, which obviously, like it was more like, what works for you? Like you have to dig deep inside yourself. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just want you to tell me what works for me. Absolutely. But obviously like what to do doesn't really work. I mean, I feel like her main goal here was to reduce shame, right? Like her Mm -hmm. whole thing with her clients and her classes is just like, this is all normal. And this is how, kind of how to deal with it. But also, I mean, I feel like the lesson I got from this is it's helpful to be aware of what it is so that you can communicate it to a partner because they're not going to know. Right. There's no way they're going to know. And 
whichever side they're on, unless they're like really, really confident and secure, they're going to like probably be kind of offended if, you know, like I just think you have to be able to communicate and then have secure partners so you guys can figure it out because otherwise people aren't going to handle it that well. Right. Right. At least in my past, people have not handled it well. I mean, I think you have to be able to have the conversation. I think you have to kind of, like she said, come to the conversation, not like, here's my problem, deal with it. For sure. But more like, this is what I know about myself. I'm working through it. Here's how you can help me. Here's Mm -hmm. what this situation needs. And then hopefully the person will be open and receptive to it. Yes. And not be like, I don't understand. Like, what's wrong with you? Because then if they're like that, you should break up with them. Absolutely. And here is the thing I'd underline was that it seems like most women like romantic, like you said, context, affectionate context, um, in like really low stress, which I thought it was interesting. She talks about one of her clients is like, you know, a mother and their sex life tapered off after kids, which I feel like has become kind of a cliche in totally. like the media and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, there's a reason. And it's not just that like, okay, it's been a couple of years, it's over. It's like, there's so many other things. It's hard to get back into that context. It's right. so much stress. And also uh, what I hear from a lot of women I know who've had kids is like, your body doesn't feel like your own anymore. Right. It's taken over by people who need you. And you have very little time to think of yourself as like an autonomous being with needs yeah and to have these little creatures like touching you all the time mm-hmm. i'm sure is very odd i can't wait because <laughs> i love touch and i love affection oh, yeah i mean i'm sure it won't be what i'm imagining it to be i'm sure i'm in for a rude awakening but i'm like it sounds great to have someone need me and touch me all the time <laughs> i have my dog for that it's fine that's true that's true you, you do tragic but fine wait let me see what else i was excited about um Oh, I thought one thing that was super interesting, she talks about stress a lot. And Mm -hmm. she talks about how with the issue we have in like 2020 is that we have kind of low level chronic stress. Um, But I was talking, so I do some health coaching. I was talking to a friend about this who was tired all the time and didn't know why. And I'm like, I think this, you don't feel that stress because you're so used to like not getting enough sleep, having notifications all the time, going from meeting to meeting. But this chronic stress really saps you. Whereas, but in the past, you would have a stressful event like an animal chasing you, mm-hmm. and then you would run away from it and like get and that energy end. out. The yes. adrenaline would like you'd wear it out or whatever, mm-hmm. and then and it would the end. experience would the be event's over. over. Yeah. You might cry, you might take a nap. You've like cycled through the cycle. Whereas here, she talks about how. People get trauma. One reason is that if they have a car accident and then at the hospital, they like put them in a coma or something. The trauma is like trapped in their bodies. They're not cycling through it. Mm -hmm. So good ways to cycle through your stress are exercise, crying, napping. Any kind of, there was self-care was a big one, which for me, I've noticed that about myself recently is like my number one way to de-stress is like hair removal while listening to parenting podcasts. <laughs> and just like, because like a lot of times when I take a shower, I'm like, I have five minutes. Just rinse, like right. scrub, get out, uh-huh. get ready, slap the lotion on and go. And when I have like an hour to like take a long, slow shower, yeah. shave my legs, like pluck my chin hairs, listen to the parenting podcast, make the bed, fold yeah. my clothes. Like there's something about it for me that is so soothing. And I, it, I was going to ask... I have a client right now who's going through a very stressful time and she was telling me that she exercises a lot and she's worried that she's 
over-exercising mm-hmm. um, as a way to kind of deal with her stress, but it, it doesn't actually feel good to her. What oh, do you, that what, much exercise? Yeah, like she's maybe exercising too much. I think she's had maybe some body stuff before. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's a great point because I, I feel like I'm in a stressful period. I'm kind of in between projects as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I exercise for stress relief, but I also feel, I don't know, I'm – a little too into in my body. I'm very sensitive to it. So I do kind of like these hit classes and I play tennis. But more than three or four times a week in my body, I'm like exhausted. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay, these are like the three days I'm doing like a hard workout. And then other days, I mean, I like, I think getting outside is huge, walking with or without your dog. But also... I'm obsessed with these guided meditations from Kelly Howell on YouTube. Oh my gosh. It's so random. Um... (laughs) <laughs> but I'm into the guided ones because you take a nap during them. But she's like saying kind of nice things subliminally. Wow. About like your destiny. Or you can do like a desire one where you're thinking about like what you're looking for. But a good friend told me that you need to be very specific. Because if you're too general, sometimes the thing comes into your life, but it's not what you actually wanted. Anyways, into guided meditations. Also, I really related to the crying thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just feel like I really need a good cry. And I'd be like, okay, we're like turning on like, it used to be parenthood for me. Mm. Um, but like a show like that or like some kind of movie where I know I'll probably cry. And I find that super cathartic. Yeah, I think that a good cry kind of feels like a good poop. Totally. Like you're like, I released it. Like sometimes I'm so stressed out. I'm so upset. I cry to Matt. I'm not feeling better. I'm in like a black hole of despair spinning out of control. But I like cry enough. And then the next day I have like the best day of my life. Interesting. And I think it's just because like I needed to release. It's like it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. You need to release it at some point. Totally. Or you're just going to continue with this low level of stress and you're just pushing down and pushing down and pushing down and pushing down. It's going to come back somewhere. And I think her point in the book is like, we don't realize how much that affects us when we're trying to like be like sexy time. Like, let me get in my body. If you have all these other things in your mind that you haven't taken the time to release, even though you might not be able to solve all your problems right then, at least talking through the emotion, not being afraid of it, going through it is like much better than trying to like step around it. It's huge. Like I... I'm very into journaling, but like free writing. Mm, And that way you like can't even see what I've written. Like it's illegible. I'm not going back to reread it. It's just like you're getting it out of your head. Also, I do therapy a couple times a month. What's great about therapy is I feel like sometimes I'll go in and just start crying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't even know I was upset. Yeah. Like it's hard. We're doing so many things. We're not that in touch with our emotions. Mm -hmm. Or just like my last piece of advice would be the other day I was having a really bad day and was in the worst mood. So I just like turned my phone off and I was like, okay, like, what do you actually want to be doing? Wow. And I, I know. I like that. And I was like, oh, okay. I want to like eat a snack and then take a nap and then like read this book or something. Yeah. And just like completely, because I, I don't know about you, but I'm always kind of just like conscious of my phone in the back of my head. Absolutely. It's like, it's, I mean, studies have been done that it's, our bodies now think of it as a limb. So (laughs) if we lose it, we think we lost a limb. And it's like the first thing in the morning, I reach for my phone. Yeah. At all times, I know where my phone is. I know what she's doing. I'm like, you know, it's like having a baby in the room. It's just like you're constantly checking in on it. You're constantly aware of it. And I think I've worked a lot with my therapist on making decisions and like how to know what I want. And she's like, you start by 
just asking yourself in every moment, like, what do I want now? And I think that's really hard when you do have this other distraction pulling at you or this easy black hole to fall down of like looking at other people's lives and what they're doing. Never makes you feel better. Never makes you feel better, but it also never lets you get bored. I think Mm -hmm. something about stress... Something that helps me if I'm really stressed is if I turn that off and I'm like, here you are with like a paper book and like Mm -hmm. a snack or whatever, you can get kind of bored. Like if you're reading a dense book like this Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like, oh, well, if I had my phone, I would check Instagram right now really quick or whatever. Text a friend. Like letting yourself get bored is very relaxing, actually. I try and do it when I take Ubers or whatever because I take them a lot because I'm still learning to drive. Um, But... I'll be like, don't look at your phone. Just look out the window and like enjoy, you know, and like see what you wouldn't see if you weren't looking at your phone. And there's there's multiple. She also I have the book open to this page where she's talking about the messages we get from the media is like so confusing and affects our body so much. And she's like, if you ate a food that made you sick, you would stop eating it. But for some reason, we don't do that with social media. It makes us feel bad. It makes us tear ourselves down and criticize ourselves. But we just keep going back for more because it like feels kind of good in a way because we're not getting bored. We're feeding our brains. We don't have time for sadness or to process our sadness. But we're just looking at these images, images. And it's like how I think her big takeaway, too, is like everything affects your sex life. It's not just like you're doing this and now it's time to go have sex. Like go have fun. Like men, women, everyone is affected by what else is going on in the world, in their life. And it doesn't mean you have to be crippled or stopped by that. Like she also says you don't have to be like, well, I'm really stressed out right now. So I'm just like not going to have sex. You just have to figure out how to process that and kind of like get yourself to a better place where you can let those things go for a bit. She talks about, this is something I read a long time ago, but she brought it up and I thought it was funny of how there's a study that women are more orgasmic when they're wearing socks. Oh. Because when their feet are cold, it's like anything that is taking you out of comfort. Yeah. And out of like being able to relax and experience pleasure, even if it's like my feet are cold. Yeah. You're not going to be able to really be there. And sex and enjoying sex, I think, takes a lot of not concentration, but just like a lot of presence and like being open to what's going on. I also loved her point because I myself am. Oops. I loved her point because I myself am guilty of this, of rather than making the goal orgasm, making the goal pleasure. For sure. And I was like, ah. Because when I think about making the goal orgasm, it's like this tiny bullseye that you have to hit. Right. And when it's pleasure, it feels just even the word feels like so much more expansive. And like there's so many options and there's so many ways to succeed at it without having to succeed at this one thing, you know, which takes you out of it I think yeah and it's interesting because when you say that you talk about it being expansive it's like in your body that feels expansive whereas orgasm in your body feels contracting which is like not helpful at all for just enjoying things yeah so I feel like her whole thing is kind of like you learn the science of this you learn what you can kind of do depending on how your body is, how your partner's body is. And then you a little bit kind of throw it out, like take the pressure off. Right. Be gentle with yourself. Because right. I, I felt a little overwhelmed when I finished. And I was like, how am I going to apply all this? <laughs> I got to go back in and read all the techniques. I got to do all the worksheets that she so provides. Many so many worksheets. <laughs> and I was 
like, whatever. If she said, if you take one thing away from it, and right now I'm going to take the pleasure goal. Yeah, away I love from that it goal. And see if it helps anything. I don't have necessarily problems, but I think everyone's sex life within themselves could be better, regardless of your partner. I think, like, especially as women, we can all be kinder and gentler to ourselves and have better, fuller, more meaningful, fulfilling experiences. Even if it's a one night stand, like, which for some people is very much a turn on, like you can find ways to be even more present with yourself and your body. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And it's really good for someone like you with a partner or anyone who thinks that they don't need it because they are already right. good with a partner. Right. Just having kind of in your back pocket, like things can change, mm-hmm. not in like a threatening way like things can change FYI more just like we're prepared for like if there's a stressful period or whatever right Right. there's a stressful period or even if there isn't it could always be better like you don't want to be like well I'm in a partnership now we know how to make each other orgasm so we're good there all done yeah you like the way you build strength as a partnership and she even talks about this too is by having like a shared goal or project right so even if that's like we're just gonna make our sex life a little more expansive and fun and interesting every year that we're together or whatever it is like that's beautiful that is beautiful I was reading on randomly this interior design blog they were talking about like sexy stuff they were into oh and I wanted to mention a couple great um this they were all women so I think these are things that in like a heterosexual couple might appeal to the women more but the men could also appreciate it was the dyspia podcast which is like reads erotica or erotic Mm. stories Mm. and then the spicer app have you heard about this apparently it's like tinder but for different sexual acts or like different things to do in the bedroom and so you and your partner can swipe and then figure out which things you're both into that was a really fun idea i like that um and they just talked about watching things first but not just porn like they mentioned like outlander which i thought was cute Yeah, I mean, different different things for everyone, yeah. but whatever it, I like Love Island myself. <laughs> That's totally Although fair. it's gotten more and more like PG rated and it's really oh, no. annoying, I know. You need to watch that show, that British show, The Dating Naked. I don't know <laughs> no, I'm if kidding, just it's like not sexual at all. It's awful. <laughs> out of context would do all that much for me. Yeah, that's fair. But I would... I would just say that this book I recommend for everyone. Everyone. I think there's a lot of really good info just to help spread another one of her messages um, about non-concordance. Remind me what non-concordance is. That's when um, your genitals do something and that doesn't mean that that's how you feel. So this is big when it comes to um, women's quote wetness there's this big association with like that means you're turned on it does not your genitals can do that because they are recognizing something sexual is happening does not mean you're turned on turned on happens in your brain genital responses happen in your genitals yes and that's a big thing she goes into has a lot um a lot of relevance to obviously sexual violence and that sort of thing Um, but also just for everyone it's just kind of the stereotype we have in society about like when a woman is wet blah 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 and it's like shut up no like a woman can tell you if she's turned on or not you know and sometimes 
she's going to be wet and sometimes she's not and it doesn't mean anything. And people in the book are like, well, then how do I know? And it's like from her words. Yeah. And same thing with guys. Sometimes guys get unexplained boners. We can't just assume. We can't just be like, no, that's a weird boner. Um, Two things. One, I thought it was really interesting. She talks about how both men and women get erections and wetness. Mm. She talks about, I guess, clitoral erection, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I wasn't that familiar with. But also... They both get both, but we only care about erections for men and wetness for women, which was interesting. That is interesting. Um, also, this is kind of an awful story, but regarding men getting erections, they'll like let you know because men obviously get consent too. I remember the story from my old high school where these two teenagers is kind of like a joke at a party. I think one had passed out but had a boner, and so the girl like had sex with his passed out body. <gasps> I'm sorry. I'm like lowering my voice so much you probably can't hear me. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, consent that's not yeah, good. consent yeah, that's is not good. good. And that what their genitals anything. are doing means nothing. If they're not like properly conscious, not good. Not good. Not good. And sorry if that needs a trigger warning. Oh yeah. Um hopefully we're okay. Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> But the point is, everyone read this book. You will learn a lot. It does a lot of like dismantling our ideas about sex what sex should be what it should feel like I also love how she's just like an orgasm is different for everyone it's not defined by any certain thing basically all it is technically is a release of sexual tension built up in the body and that can show itself in so many different ways for so many different people and just the better goal in general I think is pleasure Pleasure. and taking it off of this like hard and fast goal you might get there anyway but you know, just learning to bring yourself into a pleasurable situation and ask for what you need and know what your kind of triggers are for your personal brakes or accelerator. For sure. And everything that you are in those contexts are normal and good unless you're in pain. Right. I, like it's I love that. Yeah, she message. says that a lot. You're yeah. good unless you're in pain. Yeah. And then you should go to a doctor. Yes. Did we cover it? I feel like we did. That's Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. I highly recommend it. Highly. Think men, women, everyone should. Everyone interested in sex that they definitely did not get in sixth grade. Yeah. Basically, everyone should read it. I think it's going to become a standard She's thing. huge. And we just need to spread her message far and wide. Oh, and yeah, I love the last thing is the thing you mentioned about how it's all connected, right? Like sex is connected to everything in your life. Mm, yes. Yes. So. Well, but she, and she compares that too to a flock of birds that all the flock flies together. No one is the leader, but if parts start to splinter off, the flock kind of has to like wait and get itself back together. So that's like your brain splintering off when you're trying to enjoy a sexual experience. So pay attention to those things that it wants to splinter off and do like stress out, deal with the stress, and then you can come back to the flock. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want and need. That's right. And she also gives lots of good tips if you don't know what you want and need for figuring it out on your own first and kind of working on it and figuring out what works for you and then how to get comfortable sharing that with a partner. Yeah, I don't think I would have guessed those things. No. Well, some of those things. Yeah, some of them. I mean, but I thought it was great. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was great. It was a lot to take in. It was very overwhelming, intimidating. Read it a little bit at a time. I'll certainly be revisiting it yes um and for next time we have a lighter book a if lighter you want to join the not your therapist book club <laughs> um this is 
Get the Guy, which is admittedly a pretty dumb title. It's a horrible title. I started reading it a while ago and I stopped, but I'm going to read it again for Alex. I love it. Dahlia might not love it, but that'll be fun too. We're going to get in there. I agreed. I think I agreed with some of the premise. I can't stand Matthew Hussey. I think he's an annoying straight white man well, who should be giving advice. Camilla Cabello broke up with him. <laughs> Camilla Cabello broke up with him. Also, he was she was like 20 and he was 30 something. I know. I mean, this is not but the guy I want like, to be the taking show. it from. What? I think they met at the Today Show. I don't backstage. really care where they met. But it just met. shows that he's good at talking to That's, anyone, which he's trying to teach us. I don't doubt he's good at talking to people, but he's also a straight white British man in his 30s. Why are you talking to women about how to get the guy? It's because... Well, okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to get it, into this next time. I think he's annoying, but also maybe I'm just jealous that he's so famous. I feel like you could be the female Matthew Hussey, I could which would be, be way Matthew better. Hussey. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I should be telling women. Um, but we'll read it. We'll read Get the Guy. So you can join us if you want. I'd love to get your thoughts before we next speak about this. So if you read Come As You Are, if you read Get the Guy, you can email us at notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com and tell oh, us your thoughts. And email or message on the Instagram any questions for future health and wellness focused episodes. That's a great point. I should be asking for those on the Instagram. And I I should probably ask on my personal Instagram. You too. should. I will. That would be good. Okay. Now let's move on. Excellent. To <gasps> Love is Alex's Blind. Love oh. Life. <laughs> oh, it's me. No, Love is Blind comes last. Okay. I don't have enough prize. distraction. <laughs> We're going to talk about my single out in the field. Alex. I don't want you to be disappointed, Dahlia. Well, <laughs> come clean. Okay. Here are the updates. So I mentioned last time that there was a guy I'd been out with once who tried to kind of re- oh yeah who tried to make plans and he'd kind of disappeared a little bit and like, he tried to make plans by being like I'm going to a music show tonight come so the first time he tried to make plans was like a few days after our date where we were talking about movies and he was like or if you want you can come to my house tonight mm-hmm. and watch it on the other side of LA mm-hmm. and I was like no um, and so this time and then. I didn't hear from him. And then he told me he was leaving town. And then he told me he was back in town and was going to a music show that night and asked if I wanted to come. And I was, I said, wait, I'm going to find the text. That so I remember we went over. We went over what yes. I should text. And I, so I deleted him. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Great. <laughs> Guess it's not going anywhere right Maybe now. Maybe not love. Uh, that day I did what I think, y- what you had said, which I thought was good, which was... Kind of tried to do a compliment sandwich like I'd love to, but like that sounds like a fun place, but I like can't. I can't do plans the night of. I didn't say I can't do plans the night of. I was just like, I have plans and actually my week is super busy, but next week I'm free Tuesday and Friday or something. Great. Which was truly the truth. I wasn't Uh trying to play hard to get. Mm -hmm. So he said, oh, you mean like this Friday or next Friday? And I'm like, next, next Friday, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so that was like a week and a half away. So Friday comes along crickets I haven't heard from him you were like you can follow up so I just said hey still down for tonight he said hey sorry had gotten lost in a busy editing week going to be he's a tv editor Mm -hmm. going to be working till eight or nine on this cut but could do something after if you want to grab a drink out this way or hang out and I just did not like that no I don't Um, like that for multiple reasons one we'd made this plan it might have been two and a half weeks no it wouldn't have been two it was at least a week and a half in advance that's a ways by this point, it had been a full month since we'd gone our first date. 
but he'd kept pursuing it. He'd been texting me kind of half-assed trying to make plans. Also, for context, he's 41. This oh. isn't like a 19-year-old who like, doesn't know how like to a date. I know. Wow. Okay. But it offended me that he was like, you can come over in several hours when I'm done working on my turf. And he wasn't even like... Sorry about it. He wasn't sorry. He no. wasn't going to make any effort. No. And he was so like booty cally, which I feel like I'd made very clear I wasn't into. So I was just like, thanks anyway, good luck. Didn't hear anything from him. So then I texted him again. Why? (laughs) I was just so mad and I couldn't get rid of it. Okay, that's okay. Take it out on him. Why not? So I said... I usually say like you're not going to get any satisfaction out of like giving the person a piece of your mind. But sometimes you are. Sometimes you really need to feel heard and you need them to know that they messed up. Well, so what I said was... you. So I didn't want to seem super... What's the word? I didn't want to like make him defensive, but I was also like, this isn't cool behavior. Are you aware? Mm-hmm. So I said, you shouldn't have kept me, kept pursuing me if you were this ambivalent. Oh, this is a little dramatic. I'm shocked and frankly offended that you think I'd be down to just come to your house whenever you finished work. Also, it makes me feel like shit. Please do better with future people you go out with. Okay. Listen, you were upset. I you needed upset. to get it out in a harmless way. You processed your stress. You got it out. You I completed want him to this stress that cycle, cool. and now he knows. I mean, the sad fact of it is, when you say things like that to a person like that, they're just going to be like, "She's crazy." Like they're not going to be like, "Oh, right, I shouldn't treat people like that." If he's forty-one and he's treating people like that, he's treating people like that. Like, like what, he's yeah. not going to get better. But I'm glad if it made you feel better. You know, I mean, I just what I wanted to say that I didn't was kind of like. You're 41. Like, if you're having trouble dating, like, you are the problem. You could I have would, said that. Why not? You already said the other stuff. I don't know. I what feel if you like just that's a little bit malicious. <laughs> I feel like I've been, I've been ruminating on this for weeks. And by the way, you're 41. So, but I mean, okay. I think you could have said, I think it's like, if you need to get it out, get it out and say it. Or just be like, whatever, I feel bad for him. I'm moving on with my life. Like, yeah. Peace, you know, like. And you kind of did both. I kind of did You were did like, both. I just have to stay. He, no, he didn't respond, did he? No, of course he didn't. He's such a little. I mean, no, I don't want to say pussy. I don't, what is the good word for? Um, well, Dan Savage now uses uh, the gonads as a very sensitive and weak area. <laughs> I don't think he's sensitive. That we just weak. No, but like sensitive, like like weak. Yeah, okay. weak. Not, it can be a gonad. So, like, gonads are sensitive to pain. Oh, is what I mean. So yeah. weak. Great. Because he was like, pussies are actually very strong because they have babies. And yeah. that's true. That is true. Very strong. Savage. Okay. Gonads are gon- weak. He's gonads. Yes. <laughs> gonad. I don't know. Well, I think the thing that pissed me off wasn't him because I didn't really know him. It was that he kept it going for that long. Yeah. I was like, what? Right. Anyways. Well, and you gave him the benefit of the doubt. And it always kind of hurts when you give someone the benefit of the doubt and multiple chances. And they're still like, I just can't see a world in which I should value you more than I am right now. And it's like, like, come to my area, which is, I feel like it means a lot in LA when it takes a while to get across town. Yeah, it does. It's like a long distance thing. So it's interesting. And it's just saying, I'm not willing to make any effort for you. Any effort. My guess is he's super insecure, as we, I think, talked about last time, and just didn't want to risk rejection and maybe has been hurt in the past. Welcome to the world. So have we all. (laughs) 
but was like, well, if she makes the effort for me, that it's like this whole thing some guys have where they're like, I'm sick of online dating. I don't right. want to pay. Girls are just using me for a free drink. And I'm like, no girl wants no. a drink that bad. No one needs it that bad. It was so it was interesting. I was telling you that I was watching comedy last night at the Laugh Factory, which mm-hmm. is kind of a big place in L.A. And I am shocked it wasn't very good. <laughs> it Not was, shocking. It was almost... I saw maybe six comedians. There was one woman and everyone else was a straight white man. Or maybe there was one black guy. But they were all very straight talking about women in a way that felt very 1999. No, how is this still happening? It was wild. Like the way they talked about like trans women, about having sex with women, about their penises. I was like, what is happening? But one guy was talking about how like how hard dating had been and he was clearly like kind of bitter and he was just like oh I wanted to talk to my this new therapist about it like all these bitches are just in it for like my money and I'm like you are like a comedian no one's heard of no one is trying to date you for your money I promise you wearing a beanie on a Saturday night every girl can get a meal and a drink for herself unless you're homeless you are not on the apps for the food or the drinks you're not you're not because there it's are way easier, it. way safer not ways worth to it. do it. Truly. And women put so much at risk when they go on a date. Men, sorry, you don't put much at risk. Maybe you have to spend $12 on a drink, but you're not putting at risk what a woman is. You should go to her area. You should make her comfortable. You should go where she wants to go and you should suck it up. I completely agree. Sorry. Until you've earned it and been like, I'm a nice guy who's going to treat you well. Yes, sometimes you're going to have bad dates. You're going to be mad that you got rejected by a girl that you liked. And then you're going to be like, I bought her three glasses of wine. Sorry. And you didn't That's buy you her have to for do. $30. Right. Right. You, that doesn't give you rights to something. You have to woo because patriarchy. Okay? Well, no. Agree. And I don't know why I said no. I completely agree. Yes. I think that... I feel like some of my male friends maybe aren't resentful, but they're just like, oh, this is something that kind of sticks about modern dating is that I can go a lot on a bunch of kind of crappy dates, but I also had like spent kind of a lot of money on all these dates. Fine. That's just how it is. We're putting money into our appearances. Can I tell you how much I spend on just looking beautiful (laughs) to go on a date? Totally. Men maybe brush their hair. And their teeth. Maybe. Maybe. Women were like getting ready all day. Wax, nails, eyebrows, hair Face removal, mask. hair color, hair makeup, straining. perfume, everything. And sorry, it costs so much more than one drink. And we have to do it oh, every yeah. time. If I even just divided up the dates I have in a year by the hair keratin I got, no, wouldn't be worth yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, as we know, a man hater. I love men. I support men. I th- tell women all the time they should be easier on men because men have it hard out there. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know when they're allowed to pursue all that. But in terms of like putting the effort in for the date, buying a drink, making plans, asking ahead of time, texting them the day of, like there's no excuse. No, it's yes. so easy. And you, like everyone, are going to have to go through many ones that are not your person. That's why finding your person is exciting because it doesn't just happen on the first date you yeah. go on. That's just, and the women are having to go through it too. We yes. all have to realize we're in this together. We are in this together. Anyways, what else is going on with your love life? Um, So I took a break from the apps because I, so I don't know, I was feeling fed up with the apps. Um, 
like I was just starting to get a bad attitude, which I really didn't want. Mm-hmm. And I also think sometimes when I am talking a lot to people on like Hinge, I can be lazy in real life at like going out or talking mm-hmm. to people in the mm-hmm. world. And so mm-hmm. I was like kind of experimenting, which I think has been good where when I'm not rolling on the apps, I'm like, okay, I have to get dates otherwise. Yes. So a friend set me up for the first time. Wait, before we go to that, mm. did you go to the shopping at Erewhon? No, I haven't gone to shop and shop. Oh my God, you need to go. I know. My like wing woman has been super busy because she's moving and hasn't gone. I know it's it's a terrible excuse. I'll go with you. Okay. I kind of want to observe. Okay, let's go. We'll go. Every Monday. Air One Venice. Everyone come. If someone says soup to me, I'll say, (laughs) I don't have any soup, but my friend over here does. (laughs) My friend has lentil soup. Lots of it. Full of fiber. Okay, sorry. Go on. Your friend set you up for the first time. Tell me about this. So that was cool. So one of my dog park friends, who is a male with a girlfriend, he was talking about, I don't know, some friend who was looking for dates. And he's like, you know, you're someone I could set up on dates. And I'm like, I would love that. So he set me up with a guy. Um, we actually had coffee last weekend in Larchmont. He was very sweet. There wasn't really chemistry. Um, How can you have chemistry when you're having coffee in Larchmont? I mean, I, guess I don't that's think true. that's a chemistry inducing time. But I've been on coffee dates that have felt more like, yeah, let's, okay. I would like to see you again. But also, I don't know. He didn't try to set up okay. another date. Okay. I, it felt, but he was so sweet. It felt very friend vibe to me. Um, I, he wasn't really physically my type with, in the pictures and he's a couple inches shorter than me. And I am proud of myself for being very open-minded. Mm-hmm. Like who yeah. knows? But I think it was on both our parts. It felt very friend vibe. But one thing that was interesting is after it, my friend was asking about it, and of course it turned out to be his fucking cousin. I'm oh. like, that's so weird you didn't tell me that. Interesting. But it's good. Literally. The good thing is you said yes. You were said open yes. to it. And when you do that, that says to him, next time he knows someone, you're game and you'll go. I'm game. I hope, hopefully his cousin liked me enough. You know, yeah, he wasn't I'm like, sure he was like, crazy. she's nice. Yeah. She was nice to me. She's a human. That's all that matters. Um, one thing that was interesting is my friend who set us up afterwards was like, how is it? And I'm like, yeah, he was really nice. He's like, oh, you weren't into it. I'm like, it felt very friend. He also was kind of in the same industry. It just felt like we were talking about work and just like the news. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, you know. And he's like, would you like accidentally have sex with him? And I was like, definitely not. And I was like, but also I don't feel like women accidentally have sex that often. Like that context. What does I'm, he mean accidentally? Like kind of being like, oops, we just had sex. I don't even Is know. Is that a dream that men have? I was like, I don't do that. And not in a high and mighty way. I'm just, I find that confusing. I mean, I've had a drunken one night stand or five. Right. But even that was not an accident. Totally. And I was like, maybe if I'd had a healthy vagina in my early 20s when I was like getting wasted a lot more. Mm. But I'm like, not an accident. Exactly. Yeah, it's not an, an accident. accident. Is maybe he, just like rape. That's he, not an accident, though. He should get that word out of his vocabulary. That's fair. I'm going to say. But I no. was thinking about that in terms of the context stuff in this book mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, do men have accidental sex? Well, that kind of pertains to something else in the book, which is she talked about most people. So first of all, she says sex drive is not a drive. It's not like hunger or thirst. Right. Um, or other things that our body has to drive us to do or die. It's a desire. It's a preference. Um, but we don't technically need it. Yes, we need to procreate as a species, but our bodies won't die without sex. So she says the idea, another idea we've been given 
for our lives that is wrong is that we should experience spontaneous desire. She said spontaneous desire does exist more in men, typically speaking, but for most women and a lot of men, um, it is called responsive desire, which is the right scenario, the person, the context, everything can build desire in right. you. And often arousal happens even before desire because like your parts start talking and then you're like, oh, I'm into this. Right. But the idea that we're just going to be like sitting in a coffee shop and like want to have sex right now Feels doesn't like a male happen fantasy. a lot. Yes, yeah. it's a male fantasy. I mean, it does. I will say... Again, I think I skewed towards the unusual with those mm-hmm. things. Like, I think I have a fast accelerator. Yeah. Non-sensitive brakes. And I do experience spontaneous desire, I think, because I just, it's just how I'm made. Yeah. And that's fine. But, like, most people don't. And even with that, I would say I've never accidentally had sex with someone I wasn't into. Right. Like, maybe I've drunkenly made out with someone I wasn't that into. Totally. And I'm sure I've had some sex that I'm like, mm, that wasn't the best choice. But again, not an accident. No. And why was he asking you that? I don't know. Do you think he was doing reconnaissance? Or was he more just like, was there any attraction at all? Kind of question. I think just like that. And he's just, I feel like one of those guys who's kind of like, I'll say what I want. Yeah. He's like, look how cool like open i am yeah maybe yeah no no he should get that idea out of his head that's not not a real that's not a thing um i talked to your matchmaking company oh my gosh yeah so i recruit for those of you who don't know i recruit for a boutique matchmaking company in beverly hills brentwood area and occasionally they'll tell me we have a client who's looking for this if you know anyone send them to us. So that's why I recruited Alex for some of their male Jewish clients who are looking for a nice Jewish girl. <laughs> nice tall Jewish girl. Yes. How was it? It was good. They have not set me up with anyone. It's so been like a week. Fail. No, it takes a but long time. But she was like, on Mondays, we set people up. And so I was like, okay, it's Monday. That means they have a conversation okay. where they talk about potential matches, but it usually takes them a while to actually get a match oh, approved okay. and going. Cool. Don't worry about it. Looking forward to it. But the call was really good. It was a pretty like intense call. It is. Or like intensive where basically I spoke to a matchmaker who asked me a bunch of questions about me and kind of who I want to date and a little bit about my dating history. And it was one thing that was interesting. I felt like it was pretty normal. I like didn't want to be too... I feel like it was very female of me. I like wanted to be kind of agreeable. Of course. And I, she was like, is there anything you haven't asked? I haven't asked you that matters. And I was like, well, I'm pretty liberal politically. And she was like, I'm not American. Like, what does that mean? Like, no Trump? And I'm like, yeah, definitely no Trumpers. And she was like, okay, like, cool. Yeah, yeah. we don't really talk about that. I'm like, yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah. I feel like that's really important. But also she was like, so like, if you met the right person, like how soon would you be willing to get married? And I like a little bit panicked and I was like, I don't know, in a couple years. And she was like, how about have kids? And I was like, I'm going to need some years for like my career and I'm not dating anyone. Right. And she was like telling me an anecdote about her where she was like, you know, just so you know, like I met my husband on an app when I lived abroad and he lived here. And then he flew me out for a date after three months and then we got engaged and then I moved here and we got married and then we had a kid and then we had another kid. And that was like four years ago. And I was like, oh, wow. She's like, so it can happen really quickly. And I was like, it's not going to happen <laughs> that quickly. I think you're more of a uh, pragmatic 
person in relationships and you really like to weigh everything and make sure they're right for you on all fronts. And so you're not so much of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of lover. Although you did go to what Istanbul with the Mm -hmm. one guy. So I think when it's the right person, she's not wrong. It can happen quickly, even if you're a highly considered person who doesn't usually do that. If you meet the right person, it can happen. Which I accept that. I mean, they ask those questions because that's just part of part of what they're doing is the vetting process so that their client doesn't have to ask those questions. So let's say the client told them, I want someone who's ready to have kids and get married if it's the right relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they ask those questions. So when they put you on the date, their client is like, then finding out that you don't want kids or that you don't want marriage. It's like the assumption is anyone they put their client on a date with Already they've asked all those questions. So if they're going on the date, that means you're right for them in that sense. Right. They're not necessarily saying like, you have to have a kid on this timeline. Um, But I think also people who go to matchmakers and hire them are a little bit probably more just like, I want these things in a partner now. Yeah. respect that. I think I was surprised for myself at how like panicky that made me feel. Mm. Be like, what? I have to get married in a year? Like what? What do you think was so... I mean, I think part of it, I guess, against cliche, I'm not, like, looking for marriage just for the sake, well, which we'll discuss in our love is blind thing, that I would have to find someone who got me really excited about a commitment, right? I'm not just like, oh, well, let's try to find the best person the next year and a half and lock that shit down. Like, that makes me feel kind of suffocated. Totally. And I, I think with the right person... It won't, it'll just feel like natural and you'll both be moving at the right pace for both of you. But yeah, I don't think you're one of those people that's like, I have to be married by 33 with two kids by 37. Like that, (laughs) you seem like you'd much rather kind of continue to be either on your own or dating rather than settling down with the wrong person, which I think is healthy. Yeah, no one wants to settle down with the wrong person. No, No, but some people are like, I don't care. I need a commitment now. And I would encourage those people to do some self-work. Yeah. You know. Read come as you are. Yeah. Read come as you are. And and, and try and strip yourself of the societal pressure know, that you put so on tedious. yourself. I know. It's so tedious. It is. Any other dating? No, what, no. what homework did I give you? Do you remember? He wants to go on a date a week. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Which, and how many weeks has it been? Four? Five? Maybe four? I need you to step it up. I know. You're totally right. I will say, in my slight defense, A, one date I wanted to go on and he bailed. Okay. I went on a setup date. Um, yeah, that's pretty. But I also, what I think has been interesting, and I'll probably get back on the app soon, is that I have been a little bit more pro- proactive not being on the apps. Like I was talking to that's my dog with friends yes. about like wanting to get more dates partially for this podcast. That's how I ended up getting set up. Also, I went to a party a few weeks ago. And then I was like still thinking about the host. I was just like, he was really cute and nice. So I DM'd him to Ooh, thank him. And I, I mean, like that. he kind of just like replied and followed me. And now I feel like such a young millennial being like posting Instagram story. I mean, I don't know. Then Did his you- friend DM'd me instead and being like, when are you coming back out this way? And I was like, oh, no. I want that friend, not the one who's messaging me. You should message but- the one you want. No, but I did message him. Did you ask him out? No. That would be insane. Dog. No, it would not. Why? Why is that insane? <laughs> I feel What's like that would be like that? a zero to a thousand. You said, thanks so much for the party. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, great to meet you. 
And I said, hope to see y'all soon or something. Because it's like they're kind of a group of friends. So do you think you'll see them again? Yes. So next time you see them again, afterwards, you can follow up and say, because I think this time you could have been like, thanks so much for hosting the party. Was wondering if you'd like to get a drink sometime. Let mm-hmm. me know. That would have been fine. Yeah. That's not crazy. You're right. That's not crazy. It's so when normal. When you put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to be like, oh my, what are you thinking? What are yeah. you doing? Like, it's so normal. That's so simple, but I'm writing it down. Okay, great. Um... <laughs> But now, since you feel like it's weird, you could wait till next time you see him and then either ask him right then and be like, yeah, I've actually been meaning to ask you if you wanted to get a drink sometime. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what after that get together, you can get back on the Instagram message and be like, it was good to see you again. Would you ever like to get a drink? Yeah. Let me know. Either way. Perfect. So... Yeah, I think it'll be good to see him first. It takes me a little bit to warm up to people. Yes, and so I, see I think that. I'll get to know him more too. Yeah. Decide if he's worth anything. If well, I like you, him. But yeah. I mean, but yeah, I won't jump the gun. <laughs> rejecting him, I mean. Yes. But a question for you is so his I think these guys are like best friends. So one of them after I left the party we were at told my girlfriend who like had connected us with this group of guys that he like thought I was cute or something. And so he followed me on Instagram. And so this is that guy's best friend. So that guy messaged me on Instagram yesterday being like, when are you coming back to our side of town? And I was like, oh, you know, we talked about going out there next weekend. And he was like, oh, cool. Like definitely hit me up when you're here. He might just be being friendly. No, he's probably hitting on you, but that doesn't mean. I don't want to. So how do you navigate that? Where I'll be friendly and nice to him, but don't want then the guy I like to not be interested in me because his friend already is. That's why like you barely. have to ask the guy you like. Oh my God. Because I doubt, like guys aren't quite like girls in this way. Like I doubt his friend was like, yeah, I really like Alex. I'm going to ask her out. Totally. Like he's probably just trying to see what kind of vibe he gets from you before he decides to put himself out there to get rejected or not. Mm-hmm. So you have to, before he can do that, ask out the other guy or even after he does that like if he's like oh like it was great seeing you again I'd love to get a drink you could just be like oh thanks like I'm really busy right now that's Uh it you don't have to give you're not like I'm into your friend no but then you just ask out his friend like and he'll have to get it he can't be mad at you it's not like you dated him and then you're gonna date his friend no no no. he's interested in you but also he's not stepping up to do anything about it such a good point if he had done something about it I'd be like you should say yes and go on the date and then Mm -hmm. if it doesn't go well you can still go on a date with the other guy like there's no right you know if we decided I can never go on a date with someone who is who is knows someone else I went on a date with even if they're like there would be no one to date you just have yes, to do but it but I would rather not go out with someone I like's best friend that seems not great right I think it's fine because yeah. it's not like but you're I'm definitely be, not interested in you're not friend, so, so if you're not interested like definitely just say no if he asks you out and then ask out the other guy and you don't have to give out you don't have to give an excuse or a reason you can yeah. just be like oh thanks um I'm super busy these days but I hope to see you around. Yeah. And that is a clear enough rejection. Totally. And then you ask the other guy and he's not going to be like, wait, you said you were busy, but you can go out with my friend. It's like, okay, if you're going to get like that about, but he's not. Totally. You know? Yeah. No, it'll be cool. So, okay. Okay. These are good tips. Because as silly as it is, that was like big for me to even DM someone. I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you did. And I like that being off the apps is making you more proactive. Because I have to be, because how else am I going to meet people? You have to be. And the other thing I'll say is, you said a date bailed on you, and I'm sure I'm sure you've heard me say this before about if one date doesn't work out, 
It says if your dating life were a small business, you have to make the money back another way. Oh, we know. Have you never said this? Or maybe to you? you did, and it didn't quite register the way it is now. The wisdom. So, <laughs> so if you have a client cancel, you mm-hmm. know you have to make your money back. Yeah. So the date canceled. You were already planning on getting dressed up. You didn't make plans for that night. Whatever it is, you go out, sit at a bar by yourself. You go with a friend and be like, "We're going to hold each other accountable and both give out our phone numbers." Yeah. Or you're going to make me give out my phone number. Or you're like, "Okay, because I'm not going on the date, I am going to spend an hour on the apps, really putting myself out there and starting conversations more than I normally would." Yeah. Or anything else. You were like, "I'm going to sign up for." This speed dating thing I would never do. Or like, I'm totally. going to go to the Erewhon thing. Like, yeah. Make the money back another way. I love that. Okay. And it also means, and I say this too, when people go on a date that isn't great and they're like, I got all dressed up. I did my hair for this. I'm here. And I was such a waste of time. It's like, then go out after. Then arrange mm-hmm. to meet a friend after or stay at the bar that you're already at and say goodbye and then give your number to the bartender. Like, make yeah. it worthwhile for yourself. I love that. And take control. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. Okay, great. So... You have me galvanized. I'll be proactive this Okay, month. thank you. Um, one day a week. Okay. Which is hard without the apps. But you can do it. Okay. And I love the idea of telling people that that's what you're trying to do. Because that's totally. a great way to get people to go, oh, if that's all she's trying to do, yeah, I'll set you up with my friend. I don't know if you're going to like him, but I'll set you up. And then whatever, you achieved your task. So a final question is, I worry a little bit like a friend was like, oh, I feel like your Instagram could scare guys off if they see like the podcast. I don't want them to think they're an experiment that I'm going to talk about them. Although I obviously will in a vague sort of way. I just don't think. my overthinking? Like it? I, there's another girl that I've had on this podcast who is a sex columnist mm-hmm. writer for Cosmo. And she did an article about like 30 guys and three days or something and some guys in that case were like wait were you just using me for this thing right but like most of them didn't care yeah and now she has a boyfriend you know it's like yeah it's chill they can get over it anyone who would have a huge problem with that they can ask you questions if they want yeah you know and you can be honest but you're like no, yeah, of course. The thing that is funny to me is that people are like, well, I don't want them to think I'm just experimenting. And it's like, I I assume we all understand that most people are also actually looking for a relationship. Yeah. So it's similar to like The Bachelor. They're all there for the wrong reasons. They want to be on social media. But also a lot of them also really would like a nice relationship yeah. with a nice person because that's a normal human need. So just because you're talking about it on a podcast doesn't mean it's like, but secretly you don't want to date anyone. It's yeah. like, no. That's you're not totally a thing. right. And this is also part of why I'm like, if you can avoid, I know your Instagram's not private, but if you can avoid following each other until you've been dating for a bit, it's just like too much. My Instagram is private now. It is? Oh, good. Uh-huh. Great. Even better. Okay. Just if someone gives you a follow request and you haven't actually dated them yet, uh-huh. you can be like, I don't share my Instagram until I know you. Yeah. I don't think that's a good way to get to know each other. Totally. Which is true. It's not. So I think just let them work out their own feelings about it. Cool. Everyone, most people still actually mean what they're doing to ultimately meet someone. Yeah. Okay. We have like (gasps) 10 minutes. For Love is Blind? For Love is Blind. Oh my God. So have you finished it? Yeah. Except for the reunion, which is coming out on YouTube. Oh my God. Oh, it's on YouTube? Yeah. Strange. Not on Netflix. Well, because I guess apparently they filmed this a couple years ago. What? Yes. Years? Apparently in 2018. Yeah. So right now is your chance to turn this podcast off if you haven't watched Love is Blind and you plan no on it. Yeah. We're going to spoil it. Um, 
So if you're turning off right now, we don't forget you. to message us on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast, and send us your questions and write us a review on iTunes. Please, please, please. Oh, also check out my Instagram, ajospin, oh, yeah. or my Even health coaching private. website. Oh. But you can, I'll let anyone yeah, follow yeah, me, yeah. ajholistic.com. Ooh, I like that, ajholistic.com. Okay, we'll say that again at the end, but that was your chance to turn this off if you... But this is going to be the best part to Don't know. want love is mine <laughs> spoiled for you. Okay, what are your thoughts? So many thoughts. One thought is I was surprised by how many relatively normal people were on there. What do you mean by normal? Um... I was very into Cameron and what's the girl's name? Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like they were pretty normal. I mean, reality TV normal. (laughs) I felt like, who else do I think was kind of normal? I thought Kimmy was reasonably normal. Yeah, I guess I, I, they didn't, they, again, they didn't all seem like they were there for like fame and drama. It seemed like they genuinely were like, I'll meet someone this way. Yes. Which I think. If I were single and that opportunity came, I'd be like, why not? I have nothing to lose. Like, either I'll meet someone or not. Yeah. So I don't think that is so crazy. But the way that a lot of them were talking... Was insane. Was crazy. They were saying, I love you. So premise briefly, if you haven't watched but want to know, is that it's a dating show where... I guess men and women are kind of sequestered for two weeks mm-hmm. and the men live together. The women live together. They can't see the opposite gender. It's very heteronormative mm-hmm. and they go in these pods and talk to each other and it's kind of speed dating, but they can't see each other. And then they'll choose each other. And when they choose the other person, they have to get engaged to see the other person. Then they go on a vacation together and then they like live together and they all live in or around Atlanta. And they have like three ish the whole process is how long? It's like two weeks in the pods where they're getting to know each other. And after they go on their initial first dates with every person by talking, then they slowly narrow it down and spend more and more time talking to certain people and getting to know each other before they propose. And then after they get out of the pods, it's like three weeks before a wedding is planned for them. Is it? And they have to decide. I thought it was more. So I remember I, it's Lauren not very saying long. that it had been six weeks since I got engaged. But they also got engaged on like day three. Right. I think. I mean, I think the pods is two weeks and then I don't know how long it is after. Maybe it's three or four weeks after. But it's very short. It's very short. I feel like begs the question of The Bachelor where it's kind of like, if you're that into them, why do you need to get married immediately? You can just date. You do not need to get married. Right. But I guess they're paying for this shitty little wedding. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Shitty. Part of the shittiness is that they're all getting married in the same place on different days and the lights are super bright because... And someone pointed out there's no music when they're walking down the aisle, which is so weird. Also, it's weird because... So there's one couple that does break up on the vacation before they even get to the wedding part. But aside from that, they all stayed with it through to the end and didn't say what their decision was going to be. And they couldn't (laughs) say until the wedding day. And Matt pointed out that Uh this is probably because, because I was like, why would you allow yourself to get dressed up in a wedding dress, have your mom give you her blessing, like everyone's (laughs) ready, you have all your friends and family there, why would you put yourself through that, especially if you plan to get married sometime in the future and now you have this experience. And Matt was like, probably they're getting paid a certain amount per week and the big portion of the money probably comes 
once they say yes or no at the wedding. You're totally right. It has to be because it's this weird understanding where it's like the day before the wedding and there's always one person, usually the woman, who's like, I don't know what I'm going to say yet. And it's like, excuse me? Yeah. You should know. You're going to decide just right then. And I feel like they make it out like this is some societal thing where no one really knows till the altar. But generally people are not jilting people at the altar. No. If it was me. Normally you cancel it before that and you try and get back whatever money Yeah. You can. And I feel like if I suddenly had a change of heart at the altar, I'd honestly probably still get married and just annul it. Yeah. Like it just seems so awful to that person yeah. to humiliate them in front of everyone. In front everyone. of everyone. And like everyone got all emotional and everyone made all like, these Like what speeches. a fucking mess. I mean, I will say the person who handled it like a champ was fucking Kenny. Kenny was a champ. <laughs> Kenny was a champ. I was surprised. Well, by the end, I wasn't surprised Kenny and Kelly didn't last. But in the beginning. I stand Kelly. I know. She's horrible. But for the first half, I was like, they seem kind of normal totally. and right for each other. And they, they seemed super chemistry and into each all other. All over each other. That it was shocking when all of a sudden you find out they are the only couple that has not sex. And she was like, I just am not turned on by basically him. but she wouldn't say that she was like it's hard for me to orgasm i'm like girl if you wanted to have sex with him you would well and i'm also like it's hard for everyone to orgasm and you find a way and she kept being like if i just have like a little stronger feelings for him so i wait a little longer to have sex then i think i'm gonna like, orgasm and i'm like you need to read this book come as you are truly that's not how orgasm works but also like you can have a lot of fear or trauma around your sex life or whatever like i definitely had people i didn't sleep with because i was worried pain wise but I also could sometimes that can be an excuse for just not being that into them yeah if you don't actually like want to have sex with them it's not going to change when you're married right well there is a theory that she is a lesbian where is that theory probably on reddit (laughs) where Matt gets all of his information but I I thought her sister was lesbian I loved her sister I loved her sister and her sister was like do not fuck this up like he is a great guy you will learn to love him totally maybe his sister her sister should marry him was she married I feel like she was married um but I think the fact that Kelly was like I've never didn't she say she's like never really had an orgasm with anyone which does not obviously does not make you a lesbian but there was something disconnected about her and her sexuality there was something where she was like I just don't I don't feel it was like very toughened. Uh-huh. Not that that's a lesbian trait. I don't know if that lesbian theory holds any water, but there was something where she just had a very immature view of sexuality. It was like she wasn't allowing herself to go there and be vulnerable. She was keeping him at arm's length. She was kind of performative about everything. So the performative is interesting because to me, she felt deeply insecure. Yes. Like she talks a little bit about body image and having like some weight gain mm-hmm, at one point. Mm-hmm. And then she tries so hard to seem confident that I'm like, something is awry here. Yeah. And he was so into her and so sweet and so devoted to her. I also, it drives me absolutely bonkers, as you know, when someone is like, I just like don't feel the sp- Barks and infatuation that I felt with my past boyfriends. No. I was like, well, are you with those past totally. boyfriends? Because there's a reason why not. Sparks and infatuation, that's called lust. Yeah. And that goes away. And what's important is that you like the person as a person and you let the romance and the chemistry and the sparks grow. And like, yes, you want to be attracted to them. But going on the premise of like, I have to end it with you because I don't feel about you the way I felt about my exes. 
they're your exes. Yes. And every single person in her life was like, this guy's so much better than those right. other guys. And you have to relearn. This is something I also talk about a lot, but you have to relearn what love feels like when it's actually right. Totally. We associate love and chemistry with actually just with what is familiar to us as like sparks. And it's often the kind of not great stuff that happened when we were younger. Totally. And it's not the sign that something is healthy or good. And we take it that way and that's wrong. And it's just like drama, right? And us getting right. excited because they right. finally texted back or whatever. Right. But it's you toxic. cannot have that kind of like crazy dramatic sparks and still want to have sex with him. Yeah. So she should have, but I guess like the money. She made out with him so much. So They which seemed to was, have so much chemistry I in the know. beginning. And then what was weird is I feel like at the end she was like, I'm just normally into like dark haired guys. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, are you 12? This yeah. is like your Kindle, like what you're not going to be into him because he's blonde and not brunette. Yeah. I think it was it ultimately, absurd. I think it was her immaturity and insecurity of being like, when I have feelings for someone, it feels dramatic and toxic and bad. And this guy is too nice to me. And I take it as non-masculine. Yeah, I think you're. Because he was really nice and sweet to her. And I think she was just like, this is too easy. Speaking of fucking Jessica. Oh, God. What I did you think of Jessica? Despised her. Did you well, see when she fed her dog wine? Yes. I was like, that was appalling. Appalling. <laughs> Isn't that like really bad that for a dog? That was the least appalling thing she okay. did. So... So it was interesting because in the pods, three girls were fighting over Barnett, which was hilarious. Hilarious because like, he was such a boring just like vanilla this bro, like milk whatever toast. Um, he was like mildly attractive, but not. He was not confident. That. I feel like that's what I they guess. were into. Yeah. He did not have a good sense of humor. They thought he was really funny. Whatever. He was like a twelve-year-old, also. So she's into him. He's basically like, if I could, I'd like propose to you today. A, we've already seen other couples get engaged. He could. Mm -hmm. So then the next day, he's like, I've kind of changed my mind. I don't know. And she like storms out. And she'd been talking to this other guy, Mark. Mark. And I was really impressed by her storming out because I was like, you're like 33 or something. 34. 34. Mm -hmm. Like you've learned your lesson with these guys who aren't really available. Mm -hmm. I was like, good for you. Mm -hmm. So she immediately gets engaged to the other guy who's 24. Very sweet. Which was a mistake though, because totally. she said later, like he just wouldn't give up on me. And I'm like, no, you just went back to him after you got rejected We're by Barnett. But that's insecure. not really a good reason to get into a relationship with someone. I know. Like if you were, she was so excited about Barnett. It's like, if you were that excited about someone else, probably shouldn't go with your consolation prize when that person rejects you. Oh, agreed. Mm -hmm. I will say in her slight defense, even though I hate her, I can see her being like, my pattern is these unavailable guys sure. who are that into me. Yes. Let me try someone who's yes. super into me. And that's what I'm saying. Kelly should have done. So in some ways you're right. But I think in her case, it was that she was clearly kind of done with Mark. Totally. And then like pretended that she and wasn't. And then like took him back. Was yeah. like, oh, well, I guess you're my only option now. Yeah, I, like, wanna I want to do this. I want to get married. So I'll just go with you. But it was so sad because Mark was so sweet and available and mature for a 24 year old. And she just, I feel like she treated him like crap. She treated him terribly. She and terribly. she was like constantly getting drunk and going back to Barnett and being like, she would like try different techniques which were so cringeworthy being like I'm not happy my relationship are you and he's like I am and she's like I am happy my relationship are you and he's like I am <laughs> <laughs> that's true and she was just I'm like she'd be like well I just wanted to see how you were feeling and he's like yeah no I'm really happy I like the person I chose and she's like yeah 
I no, I wasn't saying that I liked you. That's not what I was saying. It's not what I was saying at all. I'm happy to I'm so I've never been so in love. Like the way she threw around the love words and the like, I love him. I'm so in love with him. I just like don't know if it can work in the real world. And she kept saying that and that everyone was gonna judge her about dating a younger guy. Every single person in her life was like Good for you. We don't care. We're happy you're happy. And she was like, really? You're okay with it? And like his parents, she was like, you can't be okay with your son dating someone older. And they were like, no, we are. And she was like, and she kept trying to tell him what he wanted as a 24-year-old, which in some ways I am very opposed to people in their 20s getting married. But in other ways, I'm like, he does really seem like he's ready for that kind of commitment and he wants that. And if he's telling you that, like, respect what he's saying well she was just begging for an exit right but without her doing it right and then i was surprised she finally slept with him that came out of nowhere oh i was like she must have been really drunk because she was drunk all the time i mean they call her massacre on the internet which is fair i also found it fascinating so she clearly was like so proud and takes so much validation from having a job that pays well Mm mm-hmm I mean, it's funny because their job descriptions are so vague. So, so she's vague. like a regional sales manager. But she's like, I work eight hours a week and make six figures. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. I teach boxing. I'm 24. I'm yeah. roommates. But so then I feel like it was so awful for her to lose Barnett to this woman who like doesn't have a job, doesn't have a college education, is like homeless and debt. And just, just like, like hot and into him and easy and kind of. Like, yeah. yeah. What did you think about their relationship? Barnett and um, what's her name? Amber. Amber. Their relationship was surprising to me. I thought, oh, he'll find her hot at first and then he'll kind of lose interest. Because totally. he did seem kind of like smart and he has his shit together. He's an he engineer. He has a job. He's an engineer. And his family's very traditional yeah. and she's a little wacky and she was a lot of drama. But sometimes that works is like one super stable person and they need someone who brings a little drama into their life. That's me and Matt's dynamic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the wacky one. Yeah, but it's like you're two degrees wackier. He's two degrees where it's like yeah, they're divided they're, by like mm-hmm. 25 degrees. I mean, and the sad thing is too, I think once he decided... I don't see him leaving that relationship. Like, I see him, even if he's not happy, being like, nope, a marriage is something you stay in, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. But I think there was a... I watched him go from being this super cocky, confident guy when they were in the pods to kind of almost seeming beaten down by the end of just Mm -hmm. like, this is my fate. He really, really didn't trust himself. Like, I think that was apparent in the beginning when he was deciding between three women. I'm like, if you're that torn on three women, you don't have to do this, bro. Like you're 27. You have plenty of time. You have plenty of prospects. I'm not sure who made you feel like you have to do this. And I think it's maybe something from his family being like more traditional and wanting him to settle down. But I felt from the get-go, like, if he was that torn, he shouldn't have picked anyone. And then once he did, I think he just was so concerned with everyone's feelings about him and with Amber's feelings and not wanting to hurt them that I think he just kind of got dragged down into it. And now I think he's kind of stuck. He kept saying how happy he was, but I was like, I just don't know. What I think what he was happy about is that she was so all in on him. Mm -hmm. And he seemed like kind of an insecure guy in a funny way. Like you wouldn't automatically pick it, but he was just like, she's like, so like, she's always like, I'm going to kill you if you leave, don't marry me Uh or something. But he like, 
which I feel like a lot of guys would be very turned off by. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was like, oh, well, she really cares about me. Yeah. Like maybe he's someone like the black sheep of the family. Or not the black sheep, I think he but liked like. the drama too. And she was and fun. And thought she was really She's hot. Like, yeah. Um, but I was surprised. It's just funny. Like I feel like what we're taught as women, it's like to have. To, like, meet the right guy, you need to kind of, like, have your shit together, do your work. And I'm like, this girl's a fucking mess. Like, are you not bothered by the fact that she's, like, never really had a real job? Or she was in the army, I guess. Mm-hmm. But she, like, has all this debt. She was casually talking about being homeless. She doesn't have a job. And she's, like, asking you for money to pay for her wedding dress. Like, already she's, like, this is our house I'm moving in. You're paying for stuff. I'm like, you've known him three weeks? To be fair, I say this a lot, which is I think it's a myth that we have to have our shit together and that oftentimes it's being in that right relationship that helps us figure out what we want and get our careers in line and whatever. Not always. And I think it's best to do as much work as you can on yourself. But I do think it's a myth. This is why a lot of times... I'll hear from women being like, I don't get it. I have my shit together. I'm a grown up. I'm right. this. And he's choosing this hot mess of a person right. who doesn't have a job or who do, who drinks so much or causes drama or whatever. And there is, I do, and maybe this is wrong of me to say, but like there is something appealing about a man feeling like he's needed and he needs to take care of someone. It, it appeals to a base primal right. instinct. And that's why a lot of times with those female clients that I have who are like, I have my shit together. I'm like, that's great. But you have to learn to let someone take care of you. Mm-hmm. Not because you need it, but because you'll allow it and you want it. And that gives people such a sense of confidence and they want they want to be there. They want to fill that role. Yeah. And it's a myth that like, Women have to be the nurturing ones and take care of the man. Women are actually supposed to nurture the child if they have them. And the man is supposed to be the one nurturing and taking care of the woman. And I do think that that's Mm -hmm. what happened there. He really felt needed by her. And there's also something very powerful in being vulnerable enough and willing to say, I need help. Like, I don't have these things in order and I need Mm -hmm. you to take care of me. That appeals to someone's like basis instinct of wanting to feel needed. That's a great point. I, yes, I think you're right. And I think that those women, probably myself included, although I'm not really employed, but they need to learn how to receive, right? Like, yeah. that's all it is. Yes. But I would just think, what I can't wrap my head around is, what she wasn't like, I'm like trying to get my shit together, figure out like what I want to do career-wise. No, she was like, she I'm was ready like, to be I'm a I'm never going to work. Yeah. She was like, I don't work. I'm ready to be your stay-at-home mom, which great, but I don't. Can you get away with that before you have the kids? Yeah. Like, you just met. She has to run things around the household. <laughs> what, and is he, she, what is she running? She was talking about drinking a whole I know, bottle that of wine. Was crazy. I was like, are you in a, This is so scary. She's like, I drank a bottle of wine this afternoon. Um, I think, <laughs> but again, he they're from the South. He came from a traditional I'm from family. The South? He's. Okay, but you're not like I'm traditional from Atlanta. South. I know, but like you're not. them, although they're from Bumblefuck. Yeah, to be he fair. had a very traditional family. I'm sure that was the dynamic of his own family. You're right. That's the dynamic for a lot of people. And I also want to say about, you know, yes, before kids, it's a little funny and silly, but there's a lot of work to be done around the house. There's a lot of emotional support. There's a lot of work that goes into being that person. That's true. Once you have kids, if you're taking care of the kids full time, you're basically working full time because you're saving the salary. Oh, of the you're nanny. working more than full time. So, so yes, no yes, hate on I'm that. I'm fine with that. And I think, again, 
There is someone for everyone, and the only thing you have to be able to do is be honest about who you are and what you expect. And she was great at that. She was upfront from the beginning. She never was like, I'm going to work and take care of you. We're going to split everything. She was from the beginning. This is who I am. This is what I want. You're totally right. And I think right. it is so powerful. Jessica was all over the place. She was like, I want to be cared for. I want a man. But I'm a strong woman. I'm Not that you can't be both. Not that you can't be both. But she was so with what she wanted, so unclear. She was so contradictory. She was going back and forth. He still loved her and wanted her. But I think like the idea that you have to be a certain way is wrong. The idea that you have to be honest about how you are, that's the important thing. Yeah. And she was confident enough to be super vulnerable. Yeah. And actually a powerful lesson with her being so upfront is that she was super polarizing, right? Like one guy walked out in the middle of her date was sick of hearing her talk. Right. And then she was one of only like two actual weddings. Right. But she was always herself. Always herself. She never... To a fault, I would say. Yeah. And she never <laughs> held back on how she felt about him. She uh-huh. never played hard to get. Yeah. She never You're was right. like, I'm I not really gonna didn't t- think he was going to pick her. Yeah. Because she was just like, I'm into you. I'm into you. Which yeah. probably wouldn't work with everyone. But yes. I think with her, she was so fully unapologetic about herself that I think that was very appealing to him, who clearly had a lot of insecurity and decision about himself yeah. and what he wanted. So I think that was probably inspiring to him too. And it made him feel like, and this is something I say, when you are fully yourself and you're allowing yourself to be risky and vulnerable and open about the things that make you human, it gives the other person permission to do the totally. same. So he said multiple times, she makes me feel like she really will accept all of me. Yeah. Because she was so open about all of herself. Which was sweet. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to make it. Okay. We We have to end, but real quick. Lauren and Cameron, I see I tension know. down the line. Well, and I felt like I understand why she wasn't totally ready or like moving with mm-hmm. him or whatever. But also he was, it just made me nervous how in, especially the guys were so in so quickly. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And the thing weird. is, I think what I liked about them is they both seemed like nice, cute, normal people where I was like, there's nothing wrong with you. But the way... It felt a little bit like Jessica trying to find excuses. Like, I thought it was cool, the, like, candid talks about biracial couples. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I've had a black girlfriend. We're chill. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. She was kind of like, we'll see what my dad thinks about you. And her dad was like, okay. And she was like, oh, well... Well, because she had a a big thing with her identity as a black woman of wanting to be with a black man and all that. So she had to kind of wrestle with that. Which I respect. I just And and I obviously can't totally understand. They both seem cool, but she seems a little neurotic and like she's going to have a hard time not pursuing her like social media career as much or whatever. I I didn't Is your job you're a content creator? But also something that made me nervous is he'd be so effusive and she seems so like subdued where I was like, I can't tell if you're faking it or this is just you in front of the cameras. You're uncomfortable. But he'd be like, I love you. She's like, I obviously love you too. I also thought he was too too all in I was like you have to be human you have to have like I liked it towards the end that's true but towards the end when he was being like it makes me nervous that she doesn't know what she wants like that was the most human I saw him he just seemed so kind of myopically fixated on her and never entertained any other idea it felt a little inhuman to me. But you're right. Maybe it was just a scientist thing. But a few of the guys were like that. And yes. I really do feel like guys will kind of be like, it's time for a That's partner. True. And a few of them. And if you're the right person, they'll just be in on you. Which is a good lesson yeah. in that if the messages are confusing, your answer is no. Because <laughs> when guys are in, they're in. 
I think we touched over. We didn't talk about Carlton and Diamond, but I feel like there's been enough about that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Kelly and Kenny broke up. I feel like he's going to do just fine. Matt was like, he's going to kill it after the show because he was so dignified. Such a nice southern guy. guy. Yeah. Um, feel bad for her. Jessica, you need to figure yourself out. Figure out what you want. She was another one that I was like, it's really sad. She's sabotaging herself because she has this idea in her head. Someone wants to love her. Maybe he's not the right match, but I don't think she ever really gave it a chance because of his height and his age and whatever else. She did not allow herself to be open to it. So let that be a lesson. Okay. I think we did it. We covered literally everything. We went for a long ass time. We did great. (laughs) You're great. AJ Holistic is my website and A Jospin is your Instagram. 25% discount Ooh. for listeners for the first session. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Great. 25% Please send us questions. And questions. if you want to read the next book, it's Get the Guy by Matthew Hussey. Yes. It's a light read. We'll take questions on health, wellness, dating, bodies, vulvas, peni. Practically anything. Anything. We'll take it all. And Alex is going to go get her one day a week happening uh, yes. today. Okay. Today. Bye. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. Aside from the fact that whenever you're wondering if you can ask someone out, you can and you should and you shouldn't be afraid of it. The other thing I would say major takeaway from this episode is read the book Come As You Are. Even if you think you're someone that's like, no, I know I get my own sexuality. I promise it will open up your eyes. And same goes if you don't have a vagina and you are in the dating world or in a relationship or whatever, this book will open your eyes, will make you approach sex in a different way, will make you approach your body in a different way. It also just does the really important work of kind of like debunking a lot of cultural ideas and norms that we have. And it reinforces just a lot of really good messaging. You could read a little chunk at a time. You can pound it like I did, which I still think I got some pretty good takeaways uh, that I've already seen start to influence my own relationship and sex life. So I recommend this book, Come As You Are, by Emily Nagoski, PhD. Don't be intimidated. Read it. Enjoy it. Take what you want from it. Leave what you don't. And, you know, go explore. Thank you, as always, to my single out in the field and holistic wellness expert, Alex Jospin, who is A Jospin on Instagram, and her website is ajholistic.com if you want to learn more about her and what she does. We'll also talk more about her and what she does on her next episode, which is going to be the first episode of every month. So when you have body questions, sex questions, health questions, send them our way and that's where we'll answer them. So thank you to her, ajholistic.com. Thank you to all of you. I can't stress enough how much I appreciate your questions coming in. If you want to send them to me more, which you should, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com, notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. Also, please write me a review if you are enjoying this podcast. I really appreciate it. Share it with your friends, family, loved ones, everyone, strangers. I don't care. Just share it, rate it, review it. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my amazing editor, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun. (laughs) 